Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, post-basketball season. That's right. We don't need to look back. We will a little bit, but we don't need to. If we chose not to look back at anything related to the previous basketball season, we wouldn't have to. We could just move on to the Tang era and ignore everything that's happened, say, in the last three days, four days. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert. And my brain isn't working quite right today, so when I just listed everyone, I had to look at them so I knew their names. My my brain's like been half gear all day. I couldn't come up with any questions at the ba- uh, basketball. There we go. Football press conference today. Just couldn't. It's, my brain was like, uh, what do you think of the weather? You know, I, I just had nothing. Had nothing. You sound like my students in class. Oh, my God. I, has anyone else just been groggy from this weather? It's like mm-hmm. overcast and not warm enough. And damn it, Kansas, pull your <laughs> together. I'm leaving that in because I feel strong about it. I think we should just go all Howard Stern on this podcast. I think people would enjoy that. I don't. No. I, well, he said, <laughs> canceling. I never liked the guy. Oh, we're running out of topics to talk about. What possibly could these people want to know from us? And nothing. We're sponsored by The Fridge. We know that. We love them. Get into the fridge whenever you're in town. It's right here over by the football stadium in my part of the city on the west side where the men are tough. <laughs> I don't know why we'd be tough on the west side. We're, we're, we basically have dial-up modems here on the west side. It's so bad. Although, fiber's coming. Fiber's coming, folks. And that means I'll be able to upload this podcast in a fraction of the time I upload it now. And probably it'll be better. Like, I'll be less stupid when I have fiber. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think so either. But I've got room for improvement. Get into the fridge. Please support the fridge. They've been longtime supporters of us. And we would appreciate it if you supported them whenever you need to come to town to buy some buzola. That's that's Spanish. Spanish. 
We, uh, Jack, you gonna cry over there? You okay? Like you got my allergies are have, have some issues. My eyes just went. Ugh. Zach's getting emotional about it. Uh, we have a split duty on the question asking today. Um, they're sharing. Uh, it's like uh, two guys in one cup or one microphone. Right. Yeah. Good God, <laughs> sharing is caring. Well, only people that know the reference are going to understand the reference, and they won't. If they understand the reference, they won't be offended by the reference because they'll think it's funny, Zach. And everyone else, don't look it up. Do not go look that up. Do, if you don't know what that reference was, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Fits my grandma listens to this. First crack at the Barbara. cup is cold comedy. Here we go. <laughs> speaking of, speak- I would, Zach really doesn't look happy with me right now. And, he, and plus, his allergies look like he wants to cry. Oh, so cannot leave that. Uh, of course, it is the Masters no. week. It, it is the Masters week, so it's only right that we're talking about the cup. And the first question comes we from we're actually, no. And the first question of the podcast comes from all three putt. So it it's, there we go. It's, it's a Masters theme. That's what the cup's all about. Just uh, chip it right into the cup. <clears throat> First question comes from Old Three Putt. Will two straight NCAA championships by the Big Twelve make Jerome Tang's job easier or harder? Uh well harder. I mean easier, harder, easier. I don't Depends know how many cups there are. I look, this is the most competitive basketball conference in the country. The best overall, well, winning national title seems to point to that. Um, I'm still disturbed by what happened in the SEC Challenge, but the the thing is, is from top to bottom, these 10 programs are tough. And you take Oklahoma and Texas out of the mix, and I'm sorry, that does, that's not – they've had their moments. Oklahoma's been to a Final Four. Has Texas been to a Final Four? I don't know. They haven't. No. Um, they won more games this year the, than they had. Yeah. I mean, they'll be fine under Chris Beard, uh, but I'm – the, the impact of losing those programs in basketball is just offset by Houston, Cincinnati, and and BYU, and I think Central Florida can get really good in basketball if they focus in. Uh, this conference is going to continue to be really good, and but the the advantage of that is you can sell that to recruits. You can play in the most competitive league. This is the league that will absolutely get you ready for the NBA. So that's a good sales pitch. It's a tough league. It's a tough league. Um, and you're measured against your common opponents, which is your league. And it, I mean, good coaches get fired all the time in this league or get run off and then they end up at Tennessee and do well or other places and do well. It's it's just a very, very competitive league. Easier. That's my answer. I think having good teams only helps your conference. I mean, yeah. It's, is it harder to win? Maybe. Sure. But if you have um, – a better overall conference, it will make the job of getting players on campus easier. You're exactly right. So, yeah, on the surface, it might seem like having multiple teams that are are good might make his job difficult. But at that same time, there's no reason, and we haven't talked about this, but that prepares you to play in the NCAA tournament. I think for the most part, all the Big 12 teams were prepared to play in the NCAA tournament, and the best team in the conference ended up winning the national championship. So, yeah. I think that um, this will make his job easier on the surface. Is there challenges that come with playing in a hard conference? Sure. But if you can win in a hard conference, you'll get recruits, and it'll make your job easier. Yeah, I think it's easier when you look at from a recruiting standpoint. The sales pitch that we mentioned, it's 
it's easier that way. But when you're playing in the Big 12 conference and everyone else is just as good or better than you, that's what makes it hard. So you're going to have to, to, you know, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You're going to have to compete and be better than Iowa State. I think it's kind of like the litmus test for for his first season. Can you get to the tournament? Can you win a game in the tournament? I mean, every it's not even just the championship. Two Big 12 teams winning the championship game. I mean, Texas Tech made it to the championship in 2019. Every team this year won their first round game in the Big 12. You know, that's impressive. Not very many conferences do that. So it's not just at the top is really good. Everyone else is good. So I think that you can make a good sales pitch to get guys in, but you're going to have to compete. Agreed. Agreed. Gills, you got any thoughts on this? I agree. Oh, wow. Fully, was... wholeheartedly. I'm glad you're not asking the question so you can answer these things. <laughs> <laughs> Next question <laughs> comes from Neely Eyed Missile Man. Did I say that right, Zach? Believe so. Uh, after the championship, is it true that Bruce Weber signed an NIL deal with Locks of Love? He cut his hair. Look. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get this off my chest. I didn't see it. I didn't know he cut his hair. Yeah, he, had, he put a picture up from the Final Four. Who mm-hmm. was he with? Mark Smith, I believe. Yeah, Mark Smith at, at huh. the All-Star Game. And his hair had been cut. It's the punishment. I happened. am just going to say that his hair growth had absolutely nothing to do with the NCAA stuff. Because his hair was at its longest this season at the Wichita State game. Remember that? He said in the post game, and it, it was just unmanageable. And he got a trim somewhere. I think the wife pulled out the Floby and took care of it a little bit. But yeah, I don't. I think the whole hair thing was just a a kind of clever way to make people grab a hold of the rant about KU, and it was about KU. But everyone else who's being penalized should be penalized that was in the tournament. I thought. He kind of fabricated that, but it was clever. It was a good way to get the national media to pick up on it. But, yeah, he cut his hair. And KU still doesn't have any sanctions. Any hair? I don't I don't have any hair. Next question? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. From Rasslin1982. Rasslin. Will another program ever self-report again? Oklahoma State does and gets punished. Kansas fights tooth and nail, denying re- denying recordings, etc., and they win a championship. There's some validity to this. And that's the problem. The NCAA has so long encouraged people to self-report. And this is what I've been saying. Now that the NIL's here, basically everything KU, well, not everything, the, the things that we know about, the Adidas stuff, it's all legal now, but it wasn't then, so they should be penalized for it if they're found guilty of it. I mean, Adidas can sign players to NIL agreements and say, you only get this if you go to an Adidas school, hint, hint, Kansas, or whatever. What's another good Adidas school there, Zachary? Miami, Mississippi State, Arizona State, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, that's where a lot of good basketball Indiana. players If you, if you want a rich <clears throat> postseason tradition, go like to Nebraska. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all legal now. So I seriously think the NCAA should say, look, if you have – allegations or you have things that you believe you've run afoul of the rules, turn yourself in right now and we'll we'll just wipe the slate clean. But if we find out about it later, it's back on the table. But the question is correct. 
Oklahoma State did the right thing. They did turn themselves in. And the NCAA did punish them. And Kansas has opted for the new panel, the ERP. Is that what it is? IRP? I don't know. Whatever. Can we throw Auburn into this mix as well? They yeah. self-reported. And I just don't – I don't understand the inconsistencies, inconsistencies of the NCAA ever. Not just about this, about all of it. I joke that Mark Emmert actually called – accidentally called them the Kansas City Jayhawks because he's going to punish UMKC for the KU's violations. Oh, I thought they were the same thing. But, uh, I mean, KU's at the – the outside committee, it's a brand new process. It was supposed to be efficient and yeah, whatever. What a freaking mess. It's hilarious that North Carolina and KU played in the national championship game. The NCAA should be ashamed. They should. What, like, what they did for, for North Carolina, I still can't wrap my mind around it. So this was, a, this was an academic problem for the whole institution, not just athletics. That still doesn't make it. it. That would be like saying, well, we've been paying our players $5,000 a semester under the table, but we also paid some students that too. <laughs> oh, okay. It's okay. That's not, no, it's not okay. If this benefit wasn't for the entire student body, not just a selected few that got academic cheating put on their transcript too. There's no way what the NCAA – that was the end of the NCAA for me right there. When they blatantly bent over backwards to clear a blue blood, it, it made it very clear to me that they just care about these blue bloods being in the tournament and making money off of them. The analogy for the NCAA is you should never talk to the police. I think they just proved that. You never talk to the police. You should never talk to the NCAA. Make them prove what you did. Don't tell them things that you did. Do not discuss your day. Yeah, don't. That's really good advice. You going to law school now? Because that's good advice. <laughs> I follow some lawyers on TikTok. Mm. I watch Law and Order, all of them. Mm. Can I make my analogy? Do it okay. now. So Zach said don't talk to police, so it got me thinking. Um, and I'm going to just take that analogy a step further. And I think you probably know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like – None of us do. No, we have no clue. Think about no it like this. No, no, no idea. No, no idea. When Zero. you have all of the colleges that are at a house party. Okay? Ooh, we, oh, is Larry Eustacey there? Am I there? Oh. Are you a college? Is it midnight, o'clock? All the colleges are at a house party. <laughs> and there are some that are doing things that are illegal. They're just illegal. Oh, is BYU the driver? I don't think BYU is in attendance. Okay. I thought maybe they were the, the it's DD. Slender Man's driving. There is, okay. there is a knock on the door, and it is the police. Uh-huh. And guess who owns the house? Deuce Vaughn. KU. Okay. KU owns the house. Yeah, yeah. And instead yeah. of taking responsibility. Are Naismith's rules in the house? I think they have a sign that says well, partying was invented beware. by did, did Naismith uh, invent the game of basketball in the house driveway? I think it was in the, it was in the backyard with okay. the peach okay. right. go, Keep going with your story. So Oklahoma State is there. They know that they're doing something illegal, and KU knows they're doing something illegal because all these schools know who's cheating and who's not. So Oklahoma State comes down, and instead of waiting for the police to run inside and arrest everybody who is cheating or who is breaking the law, Oklahoma State says, maybe if I come out and admit that I am doing something wrong, I will get less of a punishment than this than the person that is really breaking the law, even worse, that is probably eventually going to get caught which is KU, who owns a house. 
because as we know, throwing a house party mm-hmm. is very illegal. Yeah, also illegal. And so Oklahoma State comes out, they get arrested or they get charged with the whatever they get charged with. And they admit it. And then guess what? A day later, a year later, however, it's over. But KU continues to throw these house parties. They continue to they continue to, to break the law at a greater extent. Mm-hmm. They continue to cheat at a greater extent, and they will not talk to the police because they know if they talk to the police, there's a chance they get in trouble. But maybe, just maybe, the police might come in with them and start to party. And right now, I'm thinking that's kind of what's gonna, going on. I'm going to take this a little further. Plus, their daddy is a lawyer and is friends with all the lawyers at the DA's office because that's that's true. I mean, back in the day when the NCAA was in Kansas City, a lot of the top attorneys that did investigations were KU Law graduates. Hmm. Hmm. One more thing about your story here. Kansas State wasn't invited to the house party. They were playing Dungeons and Dragons at the Missouri (laughs) Valley Schools. Uh, Goodness. Next question comes from Lone Star Wildcat. And according to Zach, it's been a while. So welcome back on the podcast. I cannot prove... That they have had a question on the podcast. So is is this is this guy we think from Texas or gal? I or, would assume so. Or, or are they a sheriff? Ooh, mm. you're gonna bust the KU party. Yeah, mm. <laughs> um, Will new recruits view the large exodus from this year's roster as a concern with the new coaching staff, or as an opportunity to make an immediate impact? I don't mean to dis- dismiss your question, but it doesn't matter. They're going to look at it and say, hey, I can come in. I can come in and play. All kids care about is themselves. That's why they're leaving. That's why they're coming. That's why they're, they choose schools. They just And they should. That they, they're, they should just care about themselves. If Kansas State isn't the place for you anymore, go. If the coaches don't want you here, go. They'll go find some new ones. It's just, it's just how it works. You get run off. You leave. There's no loyalty left with the transfer portal, the NIL, nothing. Just go look out for yourself, and they are. I think and it makes – Kids coming in will too. I think it makes it a little easier to get a kid that might be – might kind of have an ego saying, I want to get mine. Well, it's easy to look at an empty roster and an empty bench saying, hey, look at that. I can go get mine. And you can have a lot of guys like that saying, hey, I can be the guy. So you might – I mean, it might, it might cause pro, – pro, might cause problems later on in your season, but at least coming in, you can get some guys that may have a chip on their shoulder saying, Hey, you know, the floor is open. It can, it can be mine. The recruiting pitch is the same to everybody right now. I mean, yeah, right Gills? Yeah. Am I, am I, am I wrong? Do you think I'm wrong on that? Or I, uh, I think you are right. There's a lot of min- a lot of minutes to go around. And, and also if you're a recruit and you know, anything that's been going on, you know, this staff is getting rid of that losing culture that, that Bruce Weber had, with his players. So, you know, if, if you didn't want to be there, if you didn't want to put in that work, you're going to be gone. And uh, right now there's three players that remain. I think those guys want to work and, and, and really put in that effort. And if you're a recruit, you look at that and say, that's a good thing. There's nothing bad about the mass exodus that's happening. I mean, I've got so many friends that have texted me over the last week or so and just, what the hell is going on? I'm like, if you'd actually know what's going on, this is a good thing. This is a great thing for K-State basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the harsh truth of it mm-hmm. is Nigel Pack's the only proven Big 12 player in my book who's left, right? Am I wrong? Mark Smith graduated. He's not around. Noel and Masood are staying. Bradford might be, but even if he is, his big bulky style in the post doesn't fit what they want to do. It doesn't fit the Baylor mold at all. 
So, yeah, he moved on. The guys have moved on either because they didn't see a future playing here or the coaches didn't see a future for them here. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whose idea it was. There are just going to be a bunch of new guys here, and we'll see how it all plays out. Do I think they'll get to a full roster? Probably not. I mean, I, I, I can imagine they'll save a scholarship or two for the next class because I think – Sure. I mean, they're, we're not talking about guys that have to build relationships up for years – you know, like Chris Kleiman coming to Kansas State from North Dakota State. These guys have been recruiting at this level. They've been involved with guys since they were in sixth grade or whatever. They're, they're going to step in and, and just move those relationships from Waco to Manhattan or from Denton, Texas to Manhattan or Austin slash Lubbock to Manhattan. We've already got guys they've been working on, but, you know, 2022 is mostly most of the town's gone. Apart from... Nigel Pack, Sultan Miguel's got to be the only player with a chance to play at the Power 5 level. And even then, I think he'll be at a mid-major. Uh, he's just got to find the right place. I think Selton would thrive under Frank Martin. I, mean, I don't know if he could take the abuse, you know, the... the yeah, but, I agree with that. But that kind of pit bull mentality he has on defense, I, Frank would love. Yeah, he could be that Dominique Sutton type yeah. of player. But his attitude, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, well... it. Again, every one of these guys, um, notice that the three guys remaining on the roster spent one year at Kansas State. This was their only year at Kansas State. That is not by accident, folks. Their only year around the old regime. Got it. You got it. Not as inundated with the ideas of... Groomed? (laughs) I'm not going to say groomed. But I call it the culture of excuses. They're probably just not as bought in as as other guys who have been around it and have learned to accept that nothing's your fault. It's all something going on here. You know, like uh, we had uh, jet lag from Hawaii two years ago. Came back to haunt us. So that that whole thing it's gone, and and the coaches know it. They know it, and they know it's poison, and they're getting rid of it. Good. If it means a bunch of losses next year, okay. We had a bunch of losses before. Let's see what the future looks like. Next question comes from someone I don't know how to say their name, but oh, they are new on. to the podcast. So welcome. I'm going to give it a chance. Okay, um, let's do it. I'm going to take a wild guess and say SDIM. STDs? I was going to go DM. SDM. SDIM would have been mine. SDIM. I think this person just took their their fingers and just smashed the keyboard for a few seconds and called it good. Maybe their cat walked across the keyboard. I'm and guessing went, it's yeah, a, let's go with it. I'm guessing it's a first initial and a last name. SDIM. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Okay, Okay. there we go. They would like to know, how important is the first commitment for Jerome Tang? He's won every aspect of the media portion, but given the exodus, it seems like a big win is needed. And and then they put in parentheses, soon. They're going to get guys. We're we're just coming out of a dead period as we record this on Wednesday. I mean, there hasn't been any anything. But yeah, they're going to get guys. There's no doubt about it. There's, folks. I know ten guys from Kansas. Whatever the number is, not ten. It's nine, eight, whatever it is from Kansas State went into the portal. They are a fraction of what's in the portal. Two Wichita State guys just went in. One's from Houston, by the way. Hmm. I mean, there's so many guys in the portal. You could you could start up a college basketball team from scratch right now. And have a chance to be competitive. You could make the NCAA tournament. You could. Iowa State. K-State. <laughs> now, it, 
if you want to know what a dire situation is, it's LSU. Not only do you have an entirely new roster, nobody's staying, but you also have huge penalties looming, and who wants to come suffer the penalties of an other guys got paid, took their money, left, are playing college basketball, and now I'm going to get a postseason ban for three years for showing up at this school. Who, who wants that? But you're in Baton Rouge, so that's all right. It's kind of cool. I would think that the quote-unquote win comes soon. Like, they're going to get their first commitment. We were talking about this last week. We Didn't we say, like, we think by this time next, by this time when we recorded that they would have at least one commitment? Yeah. I felt like we said something like that. Yeah, what was our over-under? Like, April 9th? I think that's what mine was, right? Friday? Yeah. No. Yep. Saturday? Yes. I don't yes. know what it was. Do we? St- are you still sticking with that? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but... It would. I agree with the question. It would be really nice to get this, get the ball rolling. Yeah, get mm-hmm. it going. If you steal one of those guys from LSU that is well sought after, I think it is an excitement for me. But personally, any of these guys that they've been talking to or have offered, I'd be more than happy with, even if they're not a, a big name guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and so I'm not concerned at all. And not one bit. You can just see what they're looking for. They're looking for bigger athletic guards that can defend and shoot and. That's pretty much everyone they're popping in on. I don't think they'll have a center next year. I think they'll just play five guards. I, honestly, I, I can't believe they're not showing up on more big men. Uh, but I, I think probably what they're going to look at is maybe a senior big man and then go find some younger guys. Who's left. Yep. 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 Last question of the first half comes from CW Powercat. Do you think Ish Masood and Marquise Noel can both be can be both starters on an NCAA tournament team next year, or does K State need to look for a completely new starting lineup? Well, if this is an NCAA tournament team, neither one will start. I'm sorry. I hope they're not listening. I think you can make the case for uh, Noel. Zach, can I steal what you said before we started? Or do you want do you, you want credit for this? I I don't know. I don't know if I want credit. <laughs> I think, these, I think these are the bot, the baseline. Every guy they're going to try to bring in is going to be better. Zach brought this up. I couldn't remember what I said. That's, that's, <laughs> I, believe me. I've been married. Uh, see, on, on Thursday, it'll be 32 years. Oh, congrats. Congratulations. I congrats. I, I don't remember any of it. None of it. It's all a blur. It's just a mess. Anyhow, um, yeah, I think that's the baseline. That's Let's go get guys that are better than this. That's not a shot at them. That's a shot at the previous... You know, the standards were just way too low before. And they feel like they can go get better players. Well, okay. Will they be as well coached? I don't know, but they'll be better players. Let's see where that takes us. Let's try Let's try that. Let's try to have really good players for once at Kansas State, see what happens. Be a foreign thing, but, you know. Hey. I, I think if Marquise Noel accepts his role as a, as a defensive player and a pass-first point guard, yeah. he could be a starter. And if not, he could be one hell of a six-man. I agree. Because that's what he started the season as. He doesn't fit the mold, though. I mean, he is way undersized. Rachel Pack was too small, and this is a lot smaller. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be one of those things on does he completely buy into whatever role that Jerome Tang and company want him to have? If I were to guess, I would say right now, depending upon obviously who they bring in, game one, he would start just because – they would give him that respect of being a returner. I don't know if Masood would start just because I don't think Masood's as talented, comparatively speaking, as Noel is. But, I mean, I think Marquise Noel, assuming that they don't bring in a bunch of 
high-end talent will start the season as a point guard. And if they have somebody that develops better than him later in the season, I could I could see him being a great sixth man. I really could. Mm-hmm. This is the Mike McGraw saga we had a year ago from now with if he plays more than 15 minutes a game, your team's not making the NCAA tournament. And I disagree with you, Cole. I think if Noel or Masood, this is not you know to, to bash them, if they play, if they start, this team's not going to make the tournament. They're just not. Those guys are not good enough. Those are the the either one of those guys can be the fifth best player on a tournament team. On a, you know the fifth best starter, I guess I should say. But yeah, that's and that's not kind both of, of them. I <clears throat> and there's only room for one Marquise Noel, just given his size on your entire team. It's technically half. There's room for half. That's one. I guess. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, a buddy of mine a long time ago pointed this out. To be a really good basketball team, you got to have three dudes. You got to have three dudes, and neither one of them would be the th- in the three. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, this year they came close. They had they had two with Smith and and Pack, and Noel kind of flirted around at times. He was just too inconsistent for me. Just too undisciplined. But you can't have two guards like that to be in your three. Yeah, you need I more balance. Agree. I'd agree. Yeah, it put KC at a big disadvantage defensively to have those guys on the floor, but they had to be on the floor because they were so much better offensively. <clears throat> I don't know. It, a lot of work to be done. Don't panic. It is still so early in the process. It's so early. They they know what they want. They're just in very competitive battles. But what I find intriguing about as we monitor these transfer guys that are getting a lot of attention and have cut their list to 10. I mean, they have so many incredible offers. They're down to 10. K-State isn't just in the 10. K-State's probably in the two or three. So they're, they're, in, they're in these battles really deep. We'll see if they can close. It doesn't mean anything to get second place. Right, North Carolina? We'll be back after the break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. That was a lively first half. It was spunky, Zach. It was spunky. Spunky? <laughs> Sounds bad. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carl said, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, two dogs, and one of them farts. Although she hasn't so far today. So things are looking up on the Powercat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge. 
Make sure you stop into the fridge and ask for Die Hard on VHS. Someone brought that up on the message boards, and I, I appreciate it. It's that. been a while. If you don't know the history of the fridge, it used to be a blockbuster. And if you don't know what a blockbuster is, I don't know what to tell you. Guys, do you know what a blockbuster video is? Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you know what a VHS is? Yes. Okay. A tape. It's a tape, yeah. Anyhow, now they used to crank out the movie Spectacular Hits, and now they sling booze. <laughs> Like they are Academy Award winning. Booze so good, they'll slap you upside the head. Right there. Yeah, that's my Will Smith take. Your questions from Wabash Station. Ryan Gilbert takes over now because he's a badass. Long, Am I supposed to? Oh, okay. Long pause. Here's Gills. From I Like Pickles Cat, while coaches are downplaying changes to the offense, players and recruits are saying it has changed a lot. Are they spending the spring workout work? spring working on new stuff or is it the offense going to be notably different this fall i started this podcast with a simple thought that i'm using half a brain today i'm not all there and did he just switch sports on me without warning me yes i thought it was quite clear well you when the question askers change you we just jumped right we went from yeah we're talking about football it's football time yeah, it's it's funny listening to the coaches. Oh, I don't think there'll be much different. Probably out there running five wides. Probably Deuce Vaughn's at quarterback. Deuce Vaughn's at nose tackle. I Deuce Vaughn's in lineup in the Wildcat, and they're going to run one play up the middle. Oh, it works so Fourth well. and two. It's just great a play. great play. It's a great play. Um, yep. when, when you have guys, players come in, like R.J. Garcia saying, I don't know how much I can say <laughs> about the offense. Either they've convinced them to lie that it's actually not very different or it actually is different. And they're like, yeah, I don't know how much I can actually say because it's that different. And I lean towards that. I think it's going to be significantly different than what we've seen in the past. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bite on this. Do you think they're going to lean into a little more Bill Snyder look? A little quarterback, a little more emphasis on the quarterback run game? Maybe a little bit, especially if Adrian Martinez is the quarterback. But I think it's going to be quicker than Bill Snyder. I don't think you're going to see huddle. You might see a huddle, but like you're not going to see the play clock get down to two seconds and you're taking a timeout. That was that was the two things I could never explain about Bill Snyder. One, and I said this for twenty plus years, he was the ultimate control freak. You know, he needed to be involved in everything, and yet. He'd put his quarterback on the field, <clears throat> have him go up to the line of scrimmage, and then that 19, 20-year-old young man would make a decision what play to run. Mm-hmm. I, it, just, it struck me as an irony. And the other being he consistently ran the play clock down to one or two seconds when everyone in the stadium, including the defense, knew when the ball was going to be snapped. Never made sense to me. No, I just couldn't ever figure it out. They will be faster paced. There's no doubt about it. We saw it in the bowl game. It wasn't anything dramatic, but there was a crisper pace, a rhythm to the offense that they lacked. And I think Colin Klein, as a quarterback, understands, you know, we got to get in the rhythm here. We got we got some play calling. We get ahead, we're going to slow it down a little bit. We get behind, we're going we're gonna to pick it up a little bit. If we have a play that might get overturned, we're getting to the line of scrimmage and snapping it. We're going to see all these things, all these little things coaches can do to put your offense at an advantage. I will be really, really interested to see what Collins' playbook looks like, how much will be from the Messingham, Kleiman era that there's elements in there that he needs to keep. It's been successful. 
what they've done with Deuce Vaughn and how, let's keep this in mind too, Connor Riley blocks differently than what the Bill Snyder system did. So that can impact your play calling. Does he want to lean into more quarterback run game or does he know the price to be paid for that because he wears it every day? Probably is very sore from it every day. It's just going to, and how much of it is, hey, I watched Andy Reid do this. Mm. I can see him doing that. Mm -hmm. The greatest offensive geniuses are also the greatest thieves. They see something and they not only just take it, or they'll take it and say, but what if you did this? I think he's got some of that. Tell me one genius that ain't crazy. Ryan Gilbert. I I think that he will actually adapt to the personnel, which didn't happen last year. No. It's just it just didn't. Joe Irvin was a great second running back and he never got the ball. There Colin Klein was going to adapt to the personnel. And if he can do that, then the offense will be better. And quite honestly, I think adapting to the personnel means you have to go a little bit more up tempo because your quarterback is faster. Your quarterback is more athletic and as much as Zach and I and and Ryan can you're in the same boat, we can sit up here and debate about his skill level. The matter of the fact is he is more athletic. So you have to play to your personnel. The matter of the fact. Yeah, I got it. Okay. What was what, what it supposed to say? That's right. The Germans just bombed Pearl Harbor. <laughs> just let them have it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> From Mad Dog 2020, last season, the GPC staff <laughs> indicated that they heard Rubley needed a lot of development and was quite a bit behind Howard and Lewis. Have you heard anything more during spring football if the coaches are seeing that improvement? When asked about quarterback depth, Will Howard is separated from the others, and the other two guys are tied. So, so yeah, I guess you could make say he's made some progress because he wasn't even close to being tied with Lewis last year. I disagree. I think he was closer to a tie with Lewis than yeah. I think what people are he willing just to wasn't admit. Healthy last year, yeah. I think when you're running Lewis out there as your third guy, and you Jake Jake Rubley is your next guy. I just I think that the gap is more of an or than a than a three and four. I just I'll be honest. I don't know if unless he can beat out Will Howard this year, if there's a path for Jake really to be a quarterback at K State. Quite frankly, that's just how I feel because we know about all these all this recruiting that they're doing. They're not stopping recruiting the quarterback position. They said they want to bring in a quarterback every single class. The guy they're bringing in next. Next in this signing class, Adrian Laura, he he has some potential. And then, not to mention the classes behind him, what are the odds that whoever they get at quarterback in the classes behind him have a significant development increase before he does? It's there's a real, very realistic possibility that he just isn't that guy. <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything definitive. I'm not going to be that guy. Says he'll never do that. But I'll just say this. I'm not going to be surprised if Jake Rubley either never sees playing time at Kansas State or only sees mop-up duty before transferring or quits football. Uh, Fans have put way too much into the number of stars ESPN gave him. He's very promising, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And right now, most of the work is coming from Will Howard. The guy you are criticizing all the time as fans, and granted hearing some of this criticism, is the one putting in the work that's getting bigger, faster, stronger. Probably is going to end up in the tight end room, but that's a whole different argument here. I, I admire how 
dedicated and how hard Will's working because when you bring in a senior transfer at quarterback and you're Will Howard, most kids nowadays would be in the transfer portal. And we just saw a guy from Iowa State. He's going to be the third guy on their depth chart into the portal. Now they have two scholarship quarterbacks. K-State has four. So there will be some attrition at that spot. You're right. They got a good one coming in. There's a high possibility they have another really good one after that. And it's just going to get more and more competitive as we move down the road. I think bringing in Adrian Martinez was kind of this vote of no confidence in anybody. It absolutely was. It just, if you're Will Howard, you'd be frustrated. But at least Will Howard has proven, you know, last year, 2020, you know, he's willing to put in the work to to become the guy. And I think really, as far as Jake Rubley's development goes, the worst thing that happened was Skyler's 2020 injury because that meant that Will had to to learn right then and there and be the guy. And yeah, he struggled at times, but Will Howard grew a lot more in that instance. And that's where the gap between Will and Jake truly grew was early on. Will having, you know, being required to, to play and be the guy. And I don't want, I don't want this to sound like a shot at Rubley because it's not like, by all every time we've interacted with him he seems like a very good kid yeah. and i'm sure he he works his butt off like that i'm sure he works at it right you're you're not a division 1 football player unless you work hard but with that being said there are other opportun- there are other things that people can do to pass you up and you're right Zach. i think them bringing in martinez says more about that quarterback class with rubley and the younger class than it does about Will Howard because Will Howard has shown that, you know, hate him or love him, he is a back. He can be a backup quarterback. He just can be. So what happens if he gets hurt, which we've seen him being injury prone? That's your number two. That that's where I that's where I struggle with that because that's kind of what I sense is going on. Great. There's a lot of reasons to believe it's not going to work out with Rubley, like we've mentioned, but. Him not having a senior season in high school is only yeah, hurting he's had some bad too. luck for sure. And and no senior season, then you get injured. I mean, his growth has been stunted, and I'm not going to say he can't recover from that. But boy, it's it's going to be difficult because, like Cole just said, everyone else is working. We'll find out. I really hope he turns out to to be a player. I mean. How else am I going to get a photo of Sly Stallone? It's probably my only shot. I mean, I won't want to go up. Let's say, for example, he transfers and I see Sly in Vegas. Yo, Adrian, I can't. You know, I go up to Sly and say, can I get a photo? I'm from Kansas State. And he might punch me. How much money is it going to take for Sylvester Stallone to go up to Adrian Martinez and be like, hey, yo, Adrian? Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. We got to work it. Text Emily. <laughs> From Imarica, what is the number one most important area of improvement for the Cats to contend for a conference championship in the 2022 football season? Signed, Erica the Dude. <laughs> okay. That is so funny he did that because I didn't hear the question because I was trying to come up with a joke about the name because we do it every time. And I didn't even hear the damn question. Give me the question again. What does K-State need to improve most to contend for a championship in the 2022 season? Well, I don't think they can improve on this, but they've got to get better 
depth. I mean, they, they're just devastated, decimated this spring with defensive injuries. I mean, they've got guys playing DN who aren't ever going to play. And, yeah, they're just – everyone – their front-line guys on, on the defensive front are all out. They're all out. I mean, I'm, this whole spring's been devalued by the fact that they can't really run full good against good. They don't have good right now on defense. This has always been the problem for Kansas State and will continue to be the problem um, is trying to build up that depth. They started to get there, and, uh, you know, the portal makes it really difficult to keep proven depth. It just does. Let's see what they do in this offseason. Once I get through spring football, and there's still plenty of guys in the portal, they'll have an assessment of where they're at and how many guys they can take. How many do they take, and what value are they? Are they really guys? Can they find another Timmy Horn or Reggie Stubblefield? And those two guys, we didn't think would be players, and we're players. So go find those guys. Spring practice helps helps the depth, though. I think that's important to know. It is. It is. They've said that. There are probably some guys that are – getting vast improvement that wouldn't have gotten it if they were healthy. And maybe that will help a guy eventually step forward and and be a significant player. I think it's also just throwing this out there. The fact that, I mean, I'm with you. Are are you on the same train, Zach, with depth? I mean, yeah, you need depth. You need to, and and specifically, I mean, I think you just need, you need wide receivers to step up. I know we've Mm kind of argued about that in the past, but Wide receivers right now, you know, you know, you've got the quarterback and potential quarterbacks. You have Deuce Vaughn. You need some running backs to step up. You need some wide receivers to step up. Your playmakers need to be some guys. And right now, that's where I see the most improvement needing to come from if they're going to compete for anything. Because you can't have, you know, Malik Knowles scoring four touchdowns in a season and Philip Brooks scoring five touchdowns in a season. You need those guys or whoever else to be guys scoring, you know, 9, 10, 11 touchdowns, almost averaging a touchdown a game. I think the fact that we're sitting here talking about how depth, uh, at least Fitz and I are sitting here talking about how depth is the biggest area for improvement, that is a good sign that Chris Kleiman is building a program, right? I mean, yes. Now, would you – I'm with you about – uh, sort of with you on the receivers, right? I know we've we've talked – gone back and forth about that, but – that's like the only position where I feel truly feel like they don't have a dude at that position. Everything else you look on the field, they have a guy that can play at the next level. Simple as that. I I don't feel like the receivers are as bad as the numbers reflect from the past because I thought the offensive play calling sucked. I don't feel like they got them involved. We saw them better involved and more engaged in the bowl game. And, and that just doesn't go because they threw them the ball on Saturday or whenever the game was. It, it's because they felt more tangible to the offense in preparation. So I think the receivers will be better this year. I think they'll, you know, put up better numbers because they'll be more involved in the entire offensive system. But it, it does remain a position of need. They've got to <clears> – <throat> honestly, they've got to have Colin Klein show that receivers can thrive at K-State. It's almost impossible to go get a receiver right now when the receivers aren't getting the ball. Nobody's having big numbers. What are you selling them on? But if Colin Klein can kind of change that perception in one year, it'll really help recruiting. From SFCGVR, who is a new member. So welcome to the site. What was it? SFCGVR. Uh, I 
I'm not even no, going to try. San Francisco, <laughs> Council Grove, virtual reality. Go. <laughs> will any K-State players have their name called during the NFL draft? If so, who and what round will they go in? I'm going to say Russ Yeast in the seventh round. That's it? I'm a Yeast guy, too. Uh, I think I think that's the – and, like, I think that's not a certain thing. That's a hope and pray he's taken in the seventh round. I think Russ Yeast will get drafted, and I do think Skylar Thompson will get drafted. I really do. I don't. Because once quarterbacks go past the fourth round, yeah, maybe they do. But I'm on touchdown wire USA today, and they list Skylar Thompson as the seventh quarterback in the. I read that website every single day. Oh, it's so good. Touchdown wire. Yeah. What does it give a pick position? Uh, It just no, it does not. But they do have him listed over Brock Purdy, so that's for that. Interesting. What's it say about Revis? Does it say anything? Uh, I'm just trusted website. I've just looked at quarterbacks. I I don't know if Josh Revis will get selected. I know his 40 time was pretty low. It's horrible. And that might be something that they look at from a guard position. But I don't know what his 10 time was, which is really more important. Yes. But in the NFL, I mean, you're, you have to be, you have to be, obviously you have to be fast, but there's a lot of power and, and poles that happen in the NFL. And if you're not, you know, if you're not a quick guard in the NFL, it's really hard to play. Well, yeah, but but the ten measures quick, not fast, and the forty measures fast. If if you're, you know, judging offensive linemen on their ability to block forty yards down the field, it's a pretty narrow window. But I again, I I don't I think his overall numbers were so I don't want to say unimpressive, but so mundane. I think he's destined to play center, pedestrian. I think that could be a spot. I think K-State might be the greatest source of offensive centers in the history of the NFL. Basically, every offensive lineman put in the league lately has been a center. So just so hard. Not Dalton Reisner. True. True. He he actually could be. Probably be his better position. Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair. Not a— B.J. Finney. Yeah. B.J. Finney. Who's the other guy? Cornelius Lucas is attacked. Cornelius Lucas for the Washington Commanders. Is Timmy Horn going to play in the NFL? I think he will make a practice squad just because he will go in and push people around. <laughs> I mean, he's just got to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. But maybe being a role guy that just comes in, maybe on third downs or whatever, or short, you know, maybe defining his role will help him play at a higher level. Stubblefield? No. Too small. I agree. Way too small. I agree. Rush East is pretty small, but... I see Rush East as a Tyrant Matthew type he's playing pretty, everywhere. pretty damn good. I think I'll Josh... Devil's advocate. I think Revis has a better chance than Yeast. Interesting. I think Revis gets drafted before Skyler. Yeah. I saw somebody had projected Skyler Thompson in the fourth round. Not what happen. team? I think it might have been like the Lions, honestly. Oh, I do. Interesting. I, I do think I remember hearing about that. Do you want to be drafted by the Lions in the fourth round or be a free agent? Probably free agent. No. No. Fourth round? I don't, the money? To the Lions? No. I, and to I the Lions? Who cares what the team is? I, I I, I, I'm no. getting drafted in the fourth round. I don't want to go to the Lions. No. You get to play indoors. Oh, that's true. You get to lose a lot of football games, but a you get to lot. do it indoors. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Lions are turning things around. I'm a believer in that. Really? I am. My relatives in Michigan have been saying that for a very long time. <laughs> and if I'm Jared Goff and they draft Skylar Thompson, I'm worried about. I'm looking at long. <laughs> I'm looking at myself for a long time in the mirror, wondering what's going wrong. 
Well, let's be honest. The Lions could draft him in the first round. You just don't know about the Lions. You just don't know. Or the Packers might draft him. Yeah, have another quarterback to sit on the bench. Exactly. From Go Stay Kate, will NIL level the playing field or benefit the current top programs? Um, this sounds like a question from like a year ago. I, we still don't know. If, if a school is hesitant on the NIL, it'll be a huge disadvantage. And Kansas State has always been a school to be hesitant on the new thing. But these alums and former players that are putting together the collective – for K-State or put it together, they're being very aggressive. There's a number of alumni ready to step up, excuse me, and play the NIL game. It hiccups all of a sudden. And that's a good sign. But if you're Texas, you have a much larger pool of donors from whom to pick and from whom to probably serve up seven-figure sums into your collective every year. So... I think what we'll see is the power programs spend money on everyone. So to play at Alabama, you're going to get $100,000. And um, the schools like Kansas State will have to pick and choose. Oh, you're a good quarterback from the state of Kansas? Oh, you're a good running back from the state of Kansas? Oh, if we get you two, um, maybe we get a lot more kids from the state of Kansas in a really good year. Well, here's the NIL. This is what we're going to do. And that was foreshadowing for all of you. I I think the NIL for Kansas State will be a benefit. It'll be an upgrade from what we have. But also the NIL <clears throat> doesn't exist in a vacuum. It exists with the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler got two cars. <laughs> portal. Right? I mean, I... I don't see any evidence that the NIL is going to keep guys loyal to their institution. They'll just go look somewhere else. Thanks for the cars. I'm gone. Now I'm going to get some money from this school. And I think that you'll see some collectives, maybe not necessarily big ones, but places like K-State trying to create collectives that say, hey, what can we do to get these guys money, but also tie them into the university and the community more right? to where that money's more homegrown. It'll be more of a, a grass four or five-year yeah. You know, we're not going to give you a million dollars so you can leave, but we are going to give you X amount of dollars every year you're at K-State. There's going to be a lot of pressure on these collectives to continue the money coming in. Well, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think it's going to damage college sports, but I don't think we have any grasp on what the untold uh, results of, of this will be. It might be really good. Hmm. Now, granted, our final four this year was Blue Bloods. But you can make an argument that the transfer portal made a lot more teams competitive. We may not have seen that in the end result of the tournament, but I thought there was a lot of teams out there that were capable of being in the final four that just didn't quite get there. And I think in basketball, the portal is really good. It's going to spread the talent out more. Silvio de Sosa goes to Chattanooga. Right. Gives them a chance to beat Illinois. Right, exactly. That's a big-time recruit at a mid-major program. And not a, not a recruit that just didn't pan out. I think he always was good. He just was, in a, you know, was just caught up in a turmoil in Lawrence. So I wish I had a better answer on what the NIL results will be. But this is, this is like asking me a question in Portuguese. I mean, 
Is that a command to me? No, don't do that. Okay. Because, I, I mean, I'll think it's Spanish, and I still won't know what it said. So I'm not sure. Money-wise, I think this does level the playing field for schools like Kansas State. But if you're a recruit, you know, if you want to play in the NBA or the NFL, going to that Alabama or going to KU or Kentucky and playing in a Bill Self-type system is going to get you a lot more exposure. You're going to be playing, you know, in a, on a better team, in a better system. So I think if you want to get to the next level, playing at a Blue Blood school or one of those power programs is going to get you there a lot easier. But just with the financials, this does level the playing field, in my opinion. I mean, for from a K-State perspective, yeah, you're going to see a net benefit being able to – because right now you look at K-State in the past, their recruiting rankings, you know, the types of guys they get. You know, there are two or three guys from really being able to put together a decent class, not a great class, but a decent class. If you can free up some NIL money and get, you know, three bona fide guys, it improves your team that much more going forward. So I think that at least in K-State's aspect, you're going to be able to grab some guys that may have been, you know, highly rated recruits, but been bench warmers at a blue blood. Right. That's, that, that's where I wanted to go next sure. is what does the collective, how do they value Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards? If you're the Kansas state collective. Extremely highly. Okay. Now what, if, what if you're Dylan Edwards at Oklahoma or Avery Johnson at Arkansas? Extremely lowly. Not, not nearly as valuable. Yeah. Now will the, the dollars translate to that, I don't know. Maybe the SEC will be able to pay all of their guys more than Kansas State can pay their, their most valued recruits. That would be the concern. But I, I truly believe the collective views it says, let's win some key battles here that will thus influence more kids, the type of kids that Kansas State has won with in the past, that nobody is going to pay them money to come to their program unless it's, you know, I, I don't know who would, to be honest. Or maybe North Dakota State gets into it and starts paying the guys that, you know, the, that K-State's won with in the past. I don't know. But I think we're going to see this collective go after some key individuals that will try to swing the entire momentum of the recruiting classes. I think if Jaron Kanick is in the class of 23, he might be the one that would be the main target. You're right. And who but, knows how that recruit or, or you know who knows if this was a year earlier who knows how that recruitment works out. But he's also a kid that probably translates to high value at Oklahoma or Clemson. Fair enough. So yep. probably get out bit on that still. Last question comes from El Camino Cat. Bob Bullsby is out. What are your thoughts? Good. Um, I admire the way he kind of rescued his his legacy with how he recovered from getting caught off guard. I thought he probably should have been fired at the spot. How did you not have any clue? Not any clue this was going on. You know how the question says Bob Bullsby is out. What are your thoughts? My answer to this is, well, it doesn't keep me up at night. Yeah. Do you know what I'm referencing? No. That was what he said when asked about Texas and Oklahoma media days. Well, he was sleeping too well. (laughs) Um, But there are such... Huge seismic changes coming into college athletics. As much as I think they'll pick Oliver Luck, and who I think might do a good job, will he be able to adjust his thinking to the point of understanding 
the impacts for the Big 12 of the NIL, the transfer portal, of streaming media, of all of these huge changes coming to this game in the next three years that will be so important when he's negotiating or her, whoever's the new commissioner is negotiating a new deal. I mean, the, the biggest change being understanding that the money probably won't come from just ESPN or ABC and that you might be able to land a pretty good contract and not be on any of the networks, which will cut you off from some people. I understand that. Is there a creative way to get more streamers involved? Well, I mean, earlier today we found out that the Peacock is going to have Sunday morning baseball. Very odd. Sunday morning. Sunday morning? 11.30, right? 11.30 Eastern. So, yeah. It's 11.30 Eastern? That's what I'm told. Yeah, that's what I heard. So they're just going to do AL and L East? No, there's AL Central. Yeah. They're not going to do the – they're not doing AL or NL West, though, unless it's Texas. No, they might have to catch them on an East Coast swing, yeah. That's what I mean. So I mean, the, like, they're going to be – the broadcasts are going to originate on the probably. eastern half of the country then. So, yeah, I don't quite understand how they're going to do this. I think it's weird. But the first game will be on NBC simulcast, and then the following 17 will only be on the Peacock for only subscribers. It won't be part of the NBC content you can just download the Peacock and watch. You will have to be a subscriber. Now we've got NFL going to Apple Plus, right? Same thing. MLB's. I thought it was Amazon. 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 MLB's Friday night on Apple TV. Too. Oh, that's right. It is. MLB's also on Apple TV, which I believe will be open to anyone. I think I read that. Amazon. Well, everyone. Most everyone has Amazon. I think you'd have to pay for Apple TV. I'm pretty sure certainly. you have to pay. You'd certainly have to be a subscriber for that. I don't know. I don't know if, let me look into that more because the, the, they made a big deal about the Peacock was going to be the first truly behind a paywall. So I don't know how they're setting that up. I'm not sure. Uh, I All I know is what I'm seeing right now are a bunch of streamers putting their toe in the water. What value do we have in sports? And and here's the hang-up that streamers might have. The, you know, the, the entities that are streaming. Sports has the greatest value to broadcasters because people don't turn away after, at the commercials. It's the only thing out there now where you don't fast forward through the commercials. We watch most programming now recorded. I, I, I don't watch any of my like regular like Law and Order, FBI shows, anything I watch on, on network TV. I don't watch it live. Never do. I speed through those commercials. That's what has has made sports such a valuable commodity to those networks because you don't. You watch the commercials. You actually experience them. Well, that's off the table in some ways for streamers. And if you're paying for the Peacocks, does that mean you're going to get commercials in the breaks? I I hope not. I mean, the way that American sports have developed and evolved over the years, they've changed to accommodate television breaks. Right. Baseball. Right. Perfect. You get 18, mm-hmm. 18 commercial breaks for a baseball game. Plus more with relief with pitching changes. Right. You get you're guaranteed 18. You're going to get more. So the, the only reason we have media timeouts in college basketball is right for media. You don't need the breaks, not you us. Don't need <clears throat> four minute 
you know, a timeout every four minutes in basketball. You don't need a timeout every possession change in football. You know, I think it helps, you know, Formula One and soccer are probably the two biggest growing sports from an American viewership. And guess what? None of those have commercials in the middle of play. They're just broadcasted straight through. And I think that that's what's helping those sports grow. So I think if you're going to go streaming and you're going to be paying for streaming, I get that you have to pay for cable. But I think that streaming is such this new concept. You're gonna, if you're going to want viewers, you're going to need to do more. Um, you know, it, Your advertising can't be commercials. It needs to be on-screen type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be innovative. And that gets back to what I was going to say about Oliver Luck. You know, him going to the XFL, I think that shows to me that he's willing to be an innovator. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And when you go to the XFL and you're, you know, you're kind of experimenting around and seeing what might work and what changes you could potentially bring to the NFL. And I get that the XFL that The Rock is doing is a little bit different than what it was previously, but, and it's going to be a developmental type of league for the NFL. But, you know, the fact that Oliver Luck went there and was willing to do that, I think it expresses enough for me saying, hey, we're going to make the best business decision. And if we need to do something differently than what our competitors might be doing, we're going to do it. You you want to get people excited about subscribing to your streaming service to watch Big 12 Sports. Guarantee them fewer commercial breaks or shorter commercial breaks. Because in football, you inevitably have that one extended break where the guy walks on the field with a little timer, and I swear to God, it says 12 (laughs) minutes. It feels that way. Yeah, it does. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I loved when they started doing that because now you know exactly how long the break's going to be. I agree. But we always talk about the games are taking too long. It's not the games. It's the breaks. It's it's all the other stuff. And so if you can say, hey, Amazon's going to carry Big 12 football. Like, they're going to stream two games a week or whatever. I'm just talking out of my butt now. Um, but because of that, we will have fewer breaks. The pace of play will be picked up. So it'll be a better in-stadium experience as well as a better viewing experience. There is so much. I don't blame Bob Bullsby for hitting the door. In fact, I'm kind of disappointed he didn't drop the double birds on the way out. Because this whole... NCAA sports thing is about to go to hell. It's just going to break apart. If ESPN has their way, they're going to destroy it, and he knows it. So anyhow, I, I, I think it's a good move for him. I think it's great for the Big 12 as long as they get someone that's very forward-thinking. Maybe it's Oliver Luck. Maybe it's a younger AD like a Kirby Hocutt. Um, it, it's not Kirk Schultz, I can tell you that. How his name keeps showing up, I don't know. I, I I mean, I. He's got a good agent. It's got to be it. Who's putting his name on this list? No one from K State. Uh, I mean, he was a good president, but I, I. Adequate president. I don't. Why is he even. Why? I think they should have Richard Myers do it. Yeah. Oh, Fitz, you do it. I would gladly do it, except I have no grasp on him. I, I don't know who to talk to at Amazon. I just hope these streaming endeavors is where I'm coming full circle on this Bullsby thing go well, because then the whole game changes. Then the Big 12 could maybe get a CBS combination of streaming and 
and CBS Network and CBS Sports Network and maybe even some Turner thrown in there if they want to be involved. I don't know. I'd love a Turner. God, Turner was great doing football back in the day. Just just thinking about hockey and, well, they just got hockey this year, but inside the NBA with the, that, the that way, is the best. Well, the and, way they did it with, and they did it with hockey, mm-hmm. and they're doing it with hockey. They have great shows that people want to watch. It's must-view television if you're fans of those sports. They hire personalities that know what they're saying, not just personalities that say things to get a rise out of people. It, it's great. What they do is amazing. I mean, let's, if you guys are all way too young to understand this, but the infamous gray jersey game that just came up in 1982, K State, KU, under the lights, first night football game in Big Eight history, I believe. I think it was. Maybe I just made that up. That was good, though. That was a good thing to make up. Um, first in K State. Yeah. They, they went to the locker room in their purple jerseys for warm ups, and they got in the locker room, and there was all gray jerseys. On there, and they came out in all grays. The game was on DBS. And they won 36 to 7 in front of 43,167 people. I was one of those. What did K State, what did KU wear? What were they wearing? They were naked. (laughs) It was kind of weird. The game was on WTBS. Yep, correct. TBS. They dropped the W in there. Yeah. Did you know that it used to be an actual station? Mm -mm, I didn't know that. Hmm. He used to be in Atlanta Station. Um, I think Still they were just is, in their whites. Yeah. I think they were in there all whites, probably. Gray and white. Hmm. Lovely. But it was like a dark gray. It was a weird gray. It wasn't. It, it was they, like the old basketball uniform gray. How did they get on TV after losing to Nebraska 42-13 to 13 the weekend before? K-State? Yeah. It was a bowl year, man. It was a first bowl year. Yep. It's a good storyline there. I don't know. Is that it? Is that it? Do we have anything more? Bob Bullsby. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted him fired, but he kind of recovered. I like what they added. I just hope whoever comes in is aggressive about further expansion, the contract, and lays down a vision for the Big 12 that will totally change the game. Uh, it's dangerous. May not work. Pac-12 tried to do it, and it didn't work at all. But I also thought it was kind of a silly plan. Nobody asked me. That's the problem, Zach. Nobody asked me. I know it all. And I know this podcast is over. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate the fridge. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel. You're subscribing to this podcast. Subscribe to everything. If you're not subscribing to Go Powercat, do it. All of it. Now. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 